It is usually very clear when a hit and run is an accident. Some people get scared and run away. And sometimes it's so late at night that they don't even realize they hit anybody until the next morning when they usually turn themselves in. But it's weird when a hit and run is at very high speeds. High enough speeds that pieces of the vehicle should be left behind. But there was none. This is the case of Nathan Han. His unsolved hit and run looking a lot more like a murder. Hey guys, and welcome back to my podcast. I'm your host, Lulu, and welcome back. It's great to talk to everybody again. I am so excited about this case, you guys. This is actually a listener-recommended case. I've been emailing her back and forth for a little bit about this case, and I've actually been researching it for close to two months. I should... Okay, here's where things are weird about this case. Most of the time, an unsolved case, especially an older one like this one, it's not super old, but it is definitely older, the records will be sent to the government underneath some certain cold case files and things like that. It's not necessarily closed, but most of the time, the office that is actively working on it will send them to the government and things like that just because they have to. I tried to get those records, and I've done this before with some records. I tried to get the records of the case, the toxicology report, you know, any arrest records that I could that were available because technically this happened to a minor, and there are minors, or were, they're not minors anymore, involved in this case in the first place. So there already are going to be some things that I can't get, but I couldn't even get the police records on the case. They told me they were confidential, they were sealed, and that I could contact the Spanish Fork Police Department to try to get what they have, but they wouldn't give me anything. I feel like that's very interesting because this is an unsolved case, one that they don't really know what happened. And most of the time I should be able to get the records for it, at least something, and I literally couldn't get anything. So a lot of what we're going off of is just, you know, the basic research that I can do and this listener who is emailing me back and forth. Um, So thank you to this listener. I have always heard about this case because it is near my hometown. I know another one of those. And I also have always thought this case was very interesting that so many people could be involved, but nobody is talking. I am going to leave out any names that she did include because privacy reasons. If I can find, if the names were available during my research, I would put them in. Um, There are not a lot of names available in the research either and to keep them safe, her safe and everybody else involved safe, I am going to keep those names private. But 
thank you for recommending this case. Um, we are going to call her MG. That's what she decided that she wanted to be called with. So thank you so much. And I was so excited to research it. And this just made me go down another one of those like downward spirals in researching just like Kiplin Davis. This is going to be one of those cases that I just can't get out of my mind. And what's also interesting about this case, and we will talk about it later, is that this is our third case from the Spanish Fork, Utah area. This is also our third unsolved case from Spanish Fork. Now, Peggy, Peggy Sue Ellsworth, if you heard of that one, that is technically solved now, but it went unsolved for so long. So this is our third case from Spanish Fork, and it's our third unsolved case, besides Peggy, that we're going to talk about today, and I'm so excited to talk about it. And just really quick, growing up, I heard his last name pronounced Hun, Nathan Hun, but somebody told me it was Han. So if I'm pronouncing his last name wrong, I'm so sorry. I know I should know the pronunciation since I grew up around the area when this happened and you know that he is from, but you know me in names. So we're just gonna, we're gonna try our best. <laughs> now, Nathan was the middle child. He grew up with his family in Spanish Fork, Utah. Nathan had two older siblings and one younger one, and he had... A great family, you guys. I mean, there was really nothing wrong with his parents from what I researched and heard. I heard they were amazing, attentive parents who looked out for their children. They tried their best to keep Nathan and his siblings safe. They loved him and his siblings so much. And they were overall very protective of them and just tried to keep everybody safe that they could. Nathan was hilarious, you guys. He was always joking around, but not in the bad way. He was a super friendly kid and was the type of person who would try his hardest to make you smile before you stopped talking to him. Because of his friendly, nice personality, he had a ton of friends and he always made time for all of them. Nathan had a great future ahead of him. He was an artist. He was planning on making art or an artistic career someday. Normal art, like drawing and painting and things like that, was not the only thing that Nathan did, though. He was also an actor. He starred in a ton of plays in high school. He just loved the creative, artistic aspect of things. A perfect example, which I love that we have one of these from the listener that recommended this, was Nathan, when he was in middle school, would run for student council. He didn't run in a normal way though, and Nathan would lip sync to Think of Me from the Phantom of the Opera. It was hilarious. The students had a great time. It was amazing to watch. And that just shows you who Nathan was as a kid. He didn't do things the normal way. He did things the fun way. He was outgoing, happy, and overall an amazing kid. He was 17 years old when the incident would happen. He was only one year from being an adult. On his last year of high school, he was ready, basically. I'm unsure if his parents knew that this night where he was. I'm unsure if they knew he was going to a party or if they knew there was possibly underage drinking at this party and maybe drugs. That one, I'm not sure. Every, everything that I did research on 
just pointed towards the underage drinking. The drug thing is a rumor that I heard growing up that there was also drugs involved, so I wanted to make that clear right now. Allegedly, there was underage drinking and drugs involved. It's not entirely, you know, been confirmed and I could not get a hold of his toxicology report, so I cannot tell you if he had drugs and or alcohol in his system. The way that I'm going to share the next pieces of information is going to be kind of more story-like. I'm going to present it in a way that we know this is exactly what happened, but because Nathan is dead and nobody is talking, we do not know for sure if this is exactly what we think happened. This is what the authorities believed happened that night. So I'm going to present it in that way. Like I said, Nathan was 17 years old when he would attend two parties the night of July 12th, 2013. It didn't sound like this was out of the ordinary for him. A couple of the places that I read said that he attended parties often, which is why I am unsure if his parents knew he was out or not. It feels more like they probably knew and maybe were unsure that there was underage drinking at these parties. But Nathan was 17. He was almost an adult. They were probably letting him make his own decisions at this point, and that's okay. The first party seemed to go super well. It was super fun, everybody had a good time, and it does sound like there was at least underage drinking at both parties involved. Now, Nathan would drive to these parties with a couple of friends. He did not drive himself. This does sound like this was normal for him when he attended these parties. He would carpool with friends and not drive himself. I'm unaware if he had a vehicle at this point, but like I said, it does sound normal and like he did this often. Usually he would go to these parties and ride back with his friends, and then if his friends either all drank or were unavailable to ride him back at the time he was ready, he would sometimes walk home. When I first researched this, that concerned me because I did not know that he often walked home alone. But according to my listener, that recommended this case. She said that was normal for him, that he did walk home often, so this was not an abnormal thing for him this night. The first party would come to an end and Nathan and his group would split off when everybody else started to leave the home as well. They would decide that they were gonna go to a second party that night. Now, before we get right back into it, like I said, the following is what the police believe happened. This does not mean this is exactly what happened because nobody is coming forward to talk about what happened. They believe that during the second party, it started off very normal and they all had a good time and were having fun. But Nathan would somehow be separated from the group that he had originally driven with. This was not abnormal and this happened at parties a lot. During the end of this party, it sounds like Nathan got into some sort of argument. The reason we know this is because we have one person who came forwards and said that there was an argument, but that is it. From what it sounds like, Nathan and this other person, unknown person, were fighting over a girl. This fight started to get heated and I am unaware if Nathan was dating this girl or it was just somebody that he liked, but either way, something happened during that fight to make Nathan so angry that he was not going to wait for a ride, find a new ride, or find his group so that they could all leave, and he decided he was just going to walk home for the night and blow off some steam. 
Like I said, this was not abnormal for Nathan. He had walked home multiple times from parties before. But I want to put into perspective what this walk home would have looked like. I have driven the trail that he walked home. This is known as Arrowhead Trail. This road is dark. It is bumpy, it's windy, and it is scary. I'm not sure if Nathan had walked this road before, but this road would honestly be scary to walk during the day. There is no sidewalk. There is no shoulder. It is literally a pitch black road that stretches from Payson, Utah to Spanish Fork, Utah. I did look up how far it takes to drive this road from Payson to Spanish Fork and the distance. This road takes about eight minutes in a vehicle to drive on to get to Spanish Fork, Utah. It is about eight miles long. It takes about 20 to 30 minutes to walk one mile on foot. And if Nathan had alcohol in his system, it is possible that it could have taken him longer. Overall, if you were to walk this road from Payson, Utah to Spanish Fork, Utah, it will take you almost four hours to complete. And Nathan was walking this road in the dark. Now, before he started walking, a woman left her home to head to work that morning. She would drive by where Nathan would later be found at around 2 a.m. and she reports that she did not see Nathan at all. She did not see him walking the road. She did not see him in the road. He was not there. Later down the line, around 5 a.m., she would drive back through that area where she would discover Nathan. This means that there is a three-hour window of when something could have happened to Nathan. Only three hours. This woman immediately pulled over and would call the police and informed them that there was a boy in the road who looked to be hit and deceased. She would inform the police that he was not there at 2 a.m. when she drove by originally. When the authorities arrived, they surveyed the scene. And it was immediately weird. Nathan, who was wearing dark clothing, had been hit at high speeds. Very high speeds. There were no skid marks before or after Nathan was struck, meaning they hit him and did not slam on their brakes and either kept going or slowed down at their own pace and pulled over. It sounds like he was almost so unrecognizable that they had to use his clothing to identify him. He was hit at such high speeds, they could not even tell that it was Nathan at first. Nathan was laying in the middle of the road with absolutely nothing around him. They would search the area and discover a couple pieces of a vehicle near him, but not much. They had to gather everything and send Nathan off for an autopsy, even though they were pretty positive they knew what his cause of death was, and they began to question people. At first, nobody said anything. They had no idea what happened to Nathan. They finally got out that there was a party that night that Nathan was involved in, and they started to bring everybody involved in the party into the station to talk to them. Nobody was talking. They weren't blaming anybody at this point. They just needed to find out basically if Nathan was there and what happened at the party and why he was walking that road alone in the dark. Every single kid they talked to were tight-lipped. 
apparently a lot of them being instructed to not speak to authorities from their parents. One child, they had one child tell them that yes, there was a party, there was two, and Nathan was there at both parties and there was a fight. He chose to walk home, but that's all they knew. This was something though. They knew Nathan was there, they knew there was a fight, which meant that there was somebody that was mad at him and there was somebody who had to have seen something. There was a building that had captured some footage of Arrowhead Road. This was not where Nathan was found though. They watched it and they did see one vehicle drive by at about 2 a.m. They assumed that is the woman's car that told them that was when she was leaving. Shortly after, another vehicle came driving down the road. This wasn't good footage though, you guys. All they were able to see were headlights and taillights and they could not make out the color, make, model, or who was driving the vehicle. But they know something now. There was definitely somebody else on the road that morning. Then the pieces of the vehicle that they found came back. At this point, they believed it was a 1994 to a 2002, they are leaning more towards the 94 though, Dodge truck with a push bar on it. This is only based off of the pieces that were left at the scene that could possibly not be involved at all. Another issue though, this is a very common truck, especially around the high school children, and unfortunately got them nowhere. Another weird thing, the autopsy came back. Like I said before, I was unable to get the toxicology report. So I'm unsure if he had alcohol in his system. But this autopsy concluded that Nathan died from being hit by a vehicle. They also informed the authorities that based on his injuries, he looked to be in the process of turning around to look behind him when he was struck, meaning they struck him from behind. And the speeds estimated that this vehicle was going was almost 70 miles per hour. That is scary fast on this road. If I remember right, this road is like a 35 mile per hour road. There are twists and turns in this road that if you were to take them at 70 miles an hour, you would flip your car. I've sped on this road before. And taking those corners, even going 10 over, makes you feel like you're gonna flip your car and you're gonna die. It's scary, especially if there's things like ice and stuff on this road. This is not a road that you just speed on. Obviously, there wouldn't be ice in July, but I'm just saying, it's a scary road. There was no way this vehicle was going to be going 70 the entire time on this road. On top of that, hitting a person, much less anything, an animal doesn't matter at 70 miles an hour is going to knock pieces off of your vehicle. A lot of pieces. Now they did find some pieces, but they were all away from Nathan. Nathan should have had pieces of vehicles surrounding him in the road, especially if they just kept going. This led the authorities to believe that Nathan was purposely hit. They sped up and slammed into him going 70 miles an hour and didn't stop. They slowed down 
possibly, and stopped, but there was no skid marks. Which doesn't look like an accident. They believe this person hit him, slowed down, stopped, maybe turned back around, parked, got out of their vehicle, and started collecting pieces of the truck that was left behind next to Nathan, leaving a few that were farther away than they thought they would be, putting them all back into their vehicle and driving away. This is not proven though. This is a theory based off of the evidence around Nathan, how he was found, and his autopsy. It is possible as well that he was in a vehicle going at very high speeds and he was pushed from the moving vehicle. The police though, based off of his injuries, are leaning more towards the fact that he was walking home and he was struck, not that he was pushed or rolled out of a moving vehicle. Immediately, they had a feeling that this tied back to the party. They feel like Nathan and this unknown boy that got into a fight about this girl both were possibly under the influence. After this fight was over, or Nathan walked away, he decided he was going to walk home and blow off steam. Basically doing the more adult thing. This other person though sat at this party and just got more and more mad, deciding that they were going to get into their truck, drive down the road until they found Nathan, and then speed towards him in anger and hit Nathan at 70 miles an hour with the intent of killing him. At this point, he probably saw the pieces of his truck flying off and decided to stop, pick the pieces up, or had somebody else drive by and pick the pieces up so that they could not track him down with the pieces left behind. Once that was done, Either the driver of this truck and or the other person that stopped to pick up the pieces would leave Nathan in the middle of the road to be found by somebody else. To them, this did not look like an accident. There was no way that you could accidentally hit somebody going 70 miles an hour and not realize it. And if somehow you did, you would have woken up the next morning and seen the damage on your car heard about the boy in the road and you would have come forward. There has been cases where I live now where that's happened, where somebody fell asleep behind the wheel, thought they hit a curb when they actually hit a kid, went home, fell asleep, woke up the next morning and heard it on the news and they went and turned themselves in. There's been cases where that's happened and that is possible, maybe not going 70 miles an hour. I don't think you can hit somebody going 70 miles an hour and not realize that you hit somebody. But it was clear to the police that something else happened that night. Somebody else has to know something. Somebody else has to know something. Why are all of these kids tight-lipping and not talking? Now, I'm not saying you should always talk to the police, especially if being questioned about something. I am the type of person that if an officer arrested me now and sat me in an office and questioned me, I wouldn't say anything. Maybe I'd get a lawyer. I'd probably immediately lawyer up. But what's weird is that these kids didn't just lawyer up. They lawyered up and refused to talk. Every single one of them 
they were told not to talk or say anything about what happened that night. That's what's weird. They didn't just lawyer up and prove that they had nothing to do with it. They are completely in silence about this situation, about what happened to Nathan. And the authorities decided that they needed to try to get these children to crack. They needed to find out what happened to Nathan because he deserved that. And so they started to bring them in again, one after another after another. But that didn't get them very far. And we're going to talk about that next time. There may be false or misleading information throughout this podcast. All facts have been researched to the best of my abilities, but accidents do happen. If this is a story you are interested in knowing more about, I highly recommend doing your own research. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time.